Would you turn uh, this morning to our scripture in Romans again that we've been looking? In Romans, the 8th chapter, we've been talking about the Spirit-led life. The Spirit-led life. And for weeks now, we've been studying the, the person of the Holy Spirit how he leads, how he guides. Not long back, we read uh, the book of Acts because we as a church are reading the Bible through together and everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter every Monday through Friday. Am I right or am I absolutely right? Everybody, everybody in Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day. And we read through the book of Acts and we saw How the Holy Spirit was so real to them. I mean virtually every page. The Spirit said this. Or the Spirit said that. Or the Spirit directed to do this or that. The Spirit forbade them to go. Led them to go. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost. He was very real to them. And they depended on Him. And cooperated with Him and yielded to Him. How many realize we have the same Spirit? We're part of the same church. Supposed to live the same kind of glorious spirit-led life. Hallelujah. From the time you open your eyes in the morning to the time you go to bed and in the middle of the night, aware of his person, aware of his leading and dealing and teaching, prevented from mistakes again and again and again. Start to do something, the Holy Ghost check you. Don't do that. So you don't. And the devil's trap that he had set up for you, you miss it. You're at the right place at the right time again and again and again. You know the right thing to say. Amen. You make the right decisions. Not because you're so brilliant and smart, but because you have somebody in you who knows everything about everything. And he's your helper. People go through life, even Christians. Millions of Christians are not spirit led. Don't even try to be. They're head led. They're emotion led. They're feeling-led, logic-led, reasoning-led, circumstance-led. But you and I are not supposed to be all of that led. We're supposed to be Holy Spirit-led, and we are. And I believe this church is growing, and we'll have a church full of Spirit-led people. Amen. Amen. And we'll just hear constant stream of testimonies how that the Lord protected you from this and spared you from that and helped you to do this because you followed him. Let's read our text and go further into this today. Romans 8 and 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Can sons of God expect to be led by the Spirit of God? Thank God they can. He said, we've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. How many understand following the Spirit of God, you won't wind up in bondage. He'll lead you out of bondage, into freedom, out of fear, into peace and comfort. Out of defeat into victory. The Spirit itself, or as most modern translations bring out, Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Does the Spirit of God let you know when you're born again? If I asked you today, are you born again? What would you say? Do you know you're born again? How do you know that? The day you got saved, the day you be, you were born again, did you know it once you were? How'd you know it? Did the Holy Spirit let you know on the inside? Bear witness, somebody other than yourself on the inside of you, bear witness with you and caused you to know that you are now a cleansed child of God. Well, if he could let you know that, he could let you know other things. Right? If he could communicate that to you, he could communicate other things to you. 
You know, some people, you know, they, and I realize it, it has to do with some of the phraseology that some Christians use, uh, that, you know, always saying, you know, God told me this and God told me that. And other folk that are not familiar with these phrases, they say, oh, that bothers me. One fellow said it one time. He said, that bothers me. All these people always, you know, God told me and God told me and all these people always hearing from God, supposedly. And the other fellow spoke up they was talking to said, I tell you what bothers me is all these people who never hear from God. <laughs> And and we should be hearing from God all the time. But I think one of the issues is how he speaks to us. Don't try to hear audible voices. Don't go by hot flashes or cold flashes or, or goose bumps. Don't put out fleeces. Don't do these things. Learn to be led internally by the witness. Everybody say the witness. Praise God. Well, in uh, last... Uh, This past Sunday, in talking about the special offering, and most of the service went towards that, actually, to me, I saw the wisdom of God. The whole thing was an example of what we've been teaching on. It really, really was, because eight years ago, Kevin was led to give me a jacket. And and he did. Everybody say, he did. It wasn't convenient for him. It wasn't easy for him. It was taking all the faith they had to go to Bible school and and have food to eat and gas money. But he obeyed God and put that little jacket on layaway, $150, and paid it out and got it and brought it to me and gave it to me. A lot of folk would think, well, you know, that's material things. That's no big deal. It is a big deal. It's just a little old jacket. It's just $150. What is that? To God, it's a big deal. Did you hear me? People make fun of us because they say, well, y'all put too much emphasis on material things. Y'all put too much emphasis on believing for stuff and doing this and that. It's only wrong when it's done in selfishness and self-centeredness. But the thing is, the Bible teaches if you're not faithful in natural things, you're not going to get bigger charges of spiritual things. If you're not faithful in that which is least, you're not going to get promoted and allowed to handle bigger things or more significant things. How many understand God is smart? And if you don't know how to handle $5, if you can't obey on a jacket, is he going to use you to raise people from the dead? I doubt it. Did you hear me? If you won't obey on the little stuff, then you're not going to obey on the big stuff either. And you must prove yourself and pass tests. And if you pass test on the little things, then it gets bigger. And it gets bigger. And it gets more important and more significant. Well, he obeyed. And he bought me that little jacket. And he brought it. And I enjoyed it. And I thanked him for it. And that's all I knew about Kevin Cozad. Well, then here, eight years later. Everybody say eight years. How many believe in sowing and reaping? How many understand you don't always reap the next day after you sow? Or even the next week or month? Of course, now we, Faith Life Church, are right now in a season of reaping, a season of harvest. We are. But here, eight years later, actually back in the summer, Kevin Kozad was coming up in my, I'd be out on the road preaching, doing something, and in my room praying, and Kevin Kozad, I thought, Kevin Kozad? I didn't hardly even know who Kevin Kozad was. I just vaguely remembered something. And I told, uh, asked our secretary, look this up. Let's find out about it. I got on the internet and tried to find out about it and found he had a website. And they're MXers for Jesus. And I thought, well, praise God. That's great. Maybe the Lord did with me to do something for him. And I'd go for a month and not think about it. Came up to me again about Kevin Kozad. I called him finally. I was trying to play one day. Actually, out at the lake, trying to swim and play a little bit. <laughs> How many believe you can be led out at the lake? Yeah. And, and I, I couldn't get away from it. I got on the dock and quit doing what I was doing. And I called Jan, our secretary. I said, Jan, you know, i got to get a hold of this guy. And sitting there on the dock, I got a hold of him on the cell phone. Thank God for cell phones. And I said, hey, Kevin, what are you doing? He said, Brother Moore, it's you. I said, yeah. He said, why are you calling me? I said, I want to say hi to you. He said, oh, praise God. Everything all right? I said, yeah, I'm not calling you to rebuke you. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. I said, I was his instructor, you understand. I actually had him in his lab class. He had to preach in front of me. And I critiqued him. <laughs> yeah. 
It was all fine. Everything went fine. But, uh, but anyway, he, he talked to me, told me what they were doing in the vision that God had put them back in the motocross. People were getting saved. And I said, well, are you believing for something? Are you got your faith on? He said, yeah. And he told me about, you know, their rundown truck in the middle of all those nice factory semis and Kenworths and Peterbilts and all that kind of stuff. And he said, we're believing for a truck. And I said, well, how much is it? What's going on? He told me, I said, well, I'm going to believe with you. And I prayed with him over the phone and we joined faith. I thought, well, you know, maybe that's it. Every time I thought about it, I'm thanking God for his truck. I'm in faith with him. Well, a couple of more months roll by. Here comes Kevin Cozad. <laughs> Kevin Co- And finally, I realized I got to do something else with this. And so I, I called him and I said, uh, can y'all come to be in church with us sometime? And they're busy every Sunday out racing and, and winning people to the Lord. And he said, yeah. He said, if you think we should. I said, I do. I said, uh, we want to we wanna join with you and believe with you on this, and we'll receive an offering. Of course, he didn't know what it would be. But they finally did come. And praise God, I mean, just in, in one fell swoop, there's almost $100,000 came in. Last so we've committed another 130. Now, that's a return on a $150 jacket. Did you hear me? People holler about, well, you know, a hundredfold. I don't know if I believe in that hundredfold. Hey, this is beyond hundredfold. Huh? What would this be close to? Close to a thousandfold. Is that too big for God to do something like? Certainly not. So, you know, don't limit God. Don't, don't talk wrong. But anyway, the whole thing had to do with being led. He was led to give a coat. What if he hadn't have done that? Would there have been the same connection eight years later for the Lord to deal with me to bring it for me to even know who he was? Because sometimes I had a thousand, we had a thousand students in one class. A lot of times you never got to know people personally. How would I have known who he was for the Lord to deal? I had no idea we'd have a faith life church eight years ago, but the Lord knew. Amen. All about being led all along the way. So what, what we're talking to you about, I'm calling keys to increased sensitivity. Keys to increased sensitivity or keys to successfully living the spirit-led life. And this one we've already gotten into with last week's offering. And that is yieldedness. Yieldedness. When the Holy Spirit deals with you, you must respond. You must yield. If he deals with you, buy somebody a jacket. What? Buy the jacket. Right? And see, here the enemy will come and say, oh, you know, I'm sure he probably told him. Brother Keith, no telling how many jackets he's got. You know, why should you buy him a jacket? He's got more money than you. He'll probably ought to be buying you a jacket. That's got nothing to do with it. Did you hear me? Got no, I didn't ask him for a jacket. The Lord told him to do that. Right? Or whatever it might be. Go call somebody. Go pray for somebody. Make a car payment for somebody. Buy somebody a meal. People, they act like, well, you know, that's just little stuff. No, it is not little stuff. It's obedience. Did you hear me? And the Lord's endeavoring to train us. And if we obey in the little things, then we're promoted and used in bigger things. I'll never forget this. This would have been, uh, oh, this would have been 20 years ago. Phyllis and I were just getting started in the ministry. And on this particular week, all I had to my name was a $5 bill. And enough gas in my little 1969 pickup truck to get back and forth between school. And uh, a young man was there who was in the ministry and was preaching in the afternoon in this certain place where I was. And the Lord dealt with me in prayer one day, give him your $5. Well, that's all I had. And uh, so I, I checked my heart about it. And finally, I, I'd been learning for some months now how to follow his leading. And so I came to him. And I sought him out and I said, brother, I said, I know this is not much, but I want to sow this to you. And I pulled out that $5 and I handed it to him. And when I did, the Holy Ghost fell on us. 
on he and I. We laughed. We cried. We were so blessed we didn't know what to do. I looked at him. He looked at me. We thought, glory to God. Talk about a $5 offering. $5 blessing. This is way out beyond that. See, it, it, it wasn't about the $5. What was it about? Well, I had it on my heart to express my appreciation to this brother for his ministry and that, you know, for obeying God and doing what he was doing. And, then, and I cared about him. I cared about his ministry. And that came out. God ministered that to him when I handed him that five. My, my. That same year, I had, uh, we were supposed to start, begin dress up a little bit uh, to present ourselves like ministers. And uh, I didn't have any clothes. I had, uh, I think I had two sport coats. And they were worn. So I'd wear one one day and the other one the next. Rotation. And my shoes were sad. You know about sad shoes? Yeah, they didn't look too hot. And I was believing for a pair of shoes. That's what I was putting my faith on. I was believing for a pair of shoes. Phyllis and I had been believing for some time. And um, uh, in the mail, here comes a check for $50. I thought, glory to God, we shouted, that's shoe money. I can get a pair. I know, I know today you can't get that nice of a pair of shoes, but this was a few years ago too. And, and, and besides that, you can get a, a good pair. And so I, I went to prayer and, and I'm after prayer, I'm going to the mall and I'm going to buy a pair of shoes. I'm so excited. Boy, I prayed good that day. I thought, whoo, glory to God. I got the victory. I got my shoe money. <laughs> now you laugh, but see if you don't pray a little more excited once, when, when money comes in, you know, yeah. And uh, I'm laying on the floor there. I remember it distinct. I know exactly where I was laying in that place. I was laying flat on, on the floor praying about some other things. And there was a different minister who was speaking at that place in the afternoons. And the Lord dealt with me. This came up. I don't mean I heard a voice, but came up in my heart. He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Specific. I don't mean I heard a voice now, but just inside. We're talking about being led by the Spirit. It came up in me that this preacher was believing God for a pair of brown shoes. I thought, well, praise God, I can encourage him. I know, you know, what you've done for me, you, you'll do for him. Your faith, you want me to agree with him, Lord? I'll agree with him and, and believe with him. And I laid there and prayed a while longer and it came up again. He's believing me for a pair of specific brown, brown shoes. I said, well, praise God. I will, uh, I'll agree with him. Lord, I know what you, you're faithful. You did it for me. You'll do it for him. And I kept on going. Came up again. He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Sew him your shoe money. And I'll take care of you on shoes. When I see, we, we, we all like to think, well, that ain't no deal. You know, $50. That was, that'd be like 5000 to me today. You know, at that point in my life. And, and, and we're learning how to be led. I thought, well, you know, well, I'll, I'll be honest. Before it got this far, the first time that came up, so him your shoe money. I thought, now this is the devil trying to confuse me. <laughs> and rob me out here. I believe God. And the shoe money come in. And I, I got, get behind me, Satan. I, Thank God the Lord's merciful to us in our ignorance. And um, I finally realized that's not the devil. I mean, you know, this is the same Holy Ghost led me to get into ministry. This, is, I, this same Holy Ghost talks to me every day, communicates to me. This, no. So finally I said, uh, okay. This didn't happen in a minute. This was over several minutes. I, I finally said, okay, all right, Lord, I'll do it. And then I realized you, you can't just do it. You got to do it gladly. Elsewise, you lose your reward. You got to do it willingly, gladly, freely. So I went to the service where he was preaching and I, you know, I heard most of what he said, but part of the time I was looking at his shoes and I thought, his shoes look mighty good to me. I mean, they sure look a whole lot better than me. He was dressed way better than I was. And I thought, but that's got nothing to do with it. This is about me obeying God. He didn't ask, this preacher didn't ask me for anything. After the service, I went to him 
And I said, brother, I said, uh, if you don't think this is right, just tell me, but <laughs> are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? He looked at me and said, what? I said, are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? He called his wife. He said, honey, come here, come here, come here. So she came over. He said, tell her what you told me. I said, are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? They both throwed up their hands and started shouting. They said, it wasn't two hours ago, right in the speaker's room, we joined hands and asked the Lord and agreed for a pair of brown shoes. Well, that was the same time I was in the floor rebuking the devil. And I thought, man, this, this is God. This is God. But now let's just stop right here. How many understand I would have never known that confirmation if I hadn't obeyed? God leads us in steps. He doesn't show you the whole thing. If I had laid in the floor there and talked myself out of it, let the devil talk me out of it, I would never have known what he told me. I had to obey to a certain extent to get the rest of what was going on. Do you get this? Do you see why a lot of people never know some things? Because they never obey. They never step out. And so I said, well, brother, here, I, I know this is, this is not a whole lot, but put this towards your new brown shoes. And I handed him my $50. And I walked out. Moneyless. Shoeless. <laughs> I remember, I remember it was cold. The wind was blowing. And I was going to get in Trigger, my little pickup. I named him Trigger. And, uh, but I did not feel bad. I felt like I was walking about that high off the ground. Because I had heard from the Lord. I'd heard from God. And I was being used of God to meet somebody's need. God was using me as a channel. Hallelujah. Oh, I was so excited. So I had no money and no shoes, but I was shouting. And I tell you what the Lord had told me. He said, you do that and I'll take care of you on shoes. And he did and he has. I've had people, total strangers, walk up to me and hand me their credit cards. And say, go to the store and buy the most expensive shoes you can find. Had them tell me that. Sometimes people might look at my shoes and go, I got on a pair of nice crocodile right now. I've got ostrich. I've got lizard. I've got this and that. And most of them I didn't pay a dollar for. Do you hear what I'm saying? Why? You sew shoes. You reap shoes. I had a guy come to me and put stuff hundreds of dollars in my hand and say, go buy you some nice exotic skin shoes. I mean, that, that one after another. I don't mean once or twice, several times. Well, why would they do that? God dealt with them to do that. Why did he deal with them to do that? Because I obeyed him and he told me, you do this, I'm going to take care of you on shoes. No question in my mind, I've reaped a hundredfold off of that. And probably more. But that's not even the biggest thing. The biggest thing is... At that time, it was obeying God with $5, obeying God with $50 on shoes, obeying God to buy somebody's lunch. And sometimes I'd bought people's lunch and didn't eat. There were times when I, I, that was my lunch money. That's all I had. But the Lord dealt with me, go buy their lunch. And I sat and drank a tea and acted like I had already had something. And and because the Lord dealt with me. But here's what, what I'm getting to is things begin to get more significant. As, as I obeyed in these, it kept getting bigger and bigger. And eventually the Lord dealt with me, get me up in the nighttime and give me direction for somebody. Or give me a major thing to help them solve a problem in their life. And I'd go do that. And it kept getting bigger and it kept getting bigger. It kept getting bigger until he led you to go do this. Go do that. Go buy somebody a new truck. Go start a church. Did you hear me? This church didn't start a year and a half ago. 
Did you hear me? It started in my spirit in Phyllis's. It started in your spirit. Decades ago and before the foundation of the world, it was in God's heart. Did you hear me? But you and I would never get there unless you take the first steps. How many clear on that? You don't, you don't get to the big things if you don't obey in the so-called little things. But really to God, it's not little. Now go with me please back to the, or over I should say, to the book of Luke. That's why I had that jacket on last week. <laughs> I remember distinctly. He, he found me on the sidewalk one day. You know we had a fire drill, I guess it was. And all we had to get the, all the class out and we're all standing on the sidewalk and he comes up to me with this little bag and, and he said, I wanted you to have this little jacket. And, uh, now that set, that set things in motion. I think we'll be hooked up beyond this. Amen. How many think we ought to support them? Some as, as the Lord would lead us. They're doing a good work out there. These people don't go to church. They're not going to come to church and they're taking church to them. It's wonderful. Wonderful. God has the same kind of thing going on in your life. How many can raise your hand and say these kind of things, some of these things like I've described, have already been happening to you? God's dealt with you to do something and it led to something else and it led, has that been happening to you? Look at that. I know it has. We hear the testimonies and it's just going to get bigger and bigger and more important and stronger and greater results. Hallelujah. Until we see even bigger and bigger spiritual things happen. Because you obeyed in the, in, in the natural, the small. In Luke 1 and 2, Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2, is the story, what we call the Christmas story. It is the story of the birth of the Master. And I want to take you through this briefly. And uh, just remind you of how this thing came to be. And see how central of an issue being led was. How many know what I'm talking about? In verse 5, Luke 1, 5, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Now let's just stop right here. You know the story, how that they had wanted a child and, and was unable to have one. And God supernaturally gives Elizabeth conception and John the Baptist is conceived and then born and then this great ministry. Well, why, though, did God choose them? Why Zacharias and Elizabeth? And then eventually we're talking about why Mary? And why Joseph? Instead of somebody else, why them? Well, let's just look right here. It said they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments. What does that mean? Another one says, obeying fully. Did you hear that? Obeying fully. Another translation says they were approved in God's sight. How do you get approved? You obey. He deals with you to go and you go. He tells you what to do and you do it. He tells you to stop and you stop. Amen? And you pass tests. And eventually you become approved for God to use in areas that he's not using other people. You pass tests and you become approved of God that he blesses you beyond certain things that other people are blessed. And it's not because he's a respecter of persons. It's because you passed tests and they didn't. You obeyed fully. They obeyed partially. God uses people who follow Fully. You know the scripture how that, you know, he went in and offered the incense and he saw the angel. Verse 13, the angel said, fear not, Zacharias, your prayers heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You'll call his name John. You'll have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. And verse 18, Zacharias said, whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well stricken in years. This is not okay. 
Some questions it's not okay to ask. Let me tell you a number of reasons why. This man is a priest. He knows the word. He's heard Abraham and Sarah all his life. He's preached it. He knows it's happened before. He knows God can do it. And he's not just asking by what means it would happen. He's asking how could it happen. And the angel looked at him and said, I am Gabriel. In other words, bud, you don't know who you're talking to. (laughs) And I stand in the presence of God. And I'm sent to speak to you and to show you these glad tidings, good news. He ought to have been rejoicing instead of asking unbelieving questions. Right? How many understand you disrespect the messenger, you have disrespected God who sent the messenger. This is something I'm believing that we will grow in this church until we understand much, much more of the honor of God. We live in a, in a, in a society that's sadly lacking in understanding honor and respect. They, they see no problem in somebody getting in God's messenger's face and going, how in the world could that be? Dumb, dumb, dumb. Everybody say dumb. 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 He said, I am Gabriel. I'm God's messenger. I stand in the presence of the Almighty. He sent me to speak to you. And, Your mouth is going to be shut. Why? You're not going to be able to speak till the day these things will be performed because you believed not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. It wasn't just the fact that he asked a question. It was that he asked it in unbelief. Now here's something else. See how powerful our words must be. How powerful men's words must be for God. This plan, this was so important. This thing was so significant that it happened and happened exactly right in the right time. He shut this man's mouth. If his words wouldn't have made any difference, he'd have just let him go. Do you hear me? Remember the the scripture said in Malachi, he said, your words have been stout against me. Our words can interfere God working in our life. Our words can hinder the plan of God for us personally. Well, that's the way it was. And Elizabeth conceived. And in verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with you. Blessed are thou among women. And when, he, when she saw him, she was troubled in her, in, at this saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, you found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary to the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, at at surface, you might think she's doing the same thing Zacharias is doing, but she is not. One way you can see it is they don't have the same results. She, there, there is no, there is prophecy that refers, but there is no example of this ever happening. A woman conceiving a child without a husband. There is no Abraham and Sarah precedent like Zacharias had. You understand what I'm saying? And she's not even asking in unbelief, I don't think. She just wanting to know, I don't have a husband, you know. How do you have a baby without a husband? Which is a, a reasonable question, I think. <laughs> Don't you? And the angel answered her. He didn't say, I am Gabriel. I st- no, no, what did he say? He said, well, this is what's going to happen. 
the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. And the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. It's going to be supernatural. And also that holy thing which will be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And behold your cousin Elizabeth. She has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Now at this point having heard this. If she would have said. Well I just don't see how that could be. That would have been a problem. But that's not what she said. What did she say? She said. Here I am. The Lord's handmade. Be it unto me, just like you said. That's faith. I said, that's faith. That's yieldedness. That's responsiveness. And we're talking about what kind of people does God use? What kind of people does God use and pull for his big stuff? His important things. People who won't argue with him. People who won't reason it out in their minds and not do it or put it off for six months until it's past. People who will obey him. The Bible said Mary arose in those days, went to the hill country into the city of Judah, entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, sometimes a strong witness is like that. It's almost like something leaps inside you. A big witness, a strong witness is like, whoo, glory to God. What is this? Witness. But now here, we're talking about keys to sensitivity. Yieldedness. Responsiveness. This came up in her. And what did she do? She yielded. She opened her mouth and she began to prophesy. She began to praise God and prophesy. She said, blessed are thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Which is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Friend, now get this, get this. Well, hold your place here. Let me read another verse to you. I think it will help you to get this. Hold your place. Go to Ephesians, please. How do you become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Well, you must yield to Him. You must respond to Him. And the more you do, the more aware of Him you will be. The less you respond to Him, the less aware of Him you will be. When he deals with you, you respond. When he directs you, you obey. When praise comes up in your heart, what do you do? You speak it out. Did you hear me? Something comes up in your heart to act, you go act on it. In doing this, his dealings become stronger in you. You become more aware, you become more sensitive. But when he deals with you to do something and you suppress it, remember what the scripture said, don't quench the spirit. Remember that? You quench it, he deals with you, and you push it down and you smother it. Then you become less aware. You've dulled yourself. You become less sensitive. You keep suppressing it, ignoring him, ignoring him, pushing down what you get inside. You'll become duller and duller and duller. Less sensitive. But even if you've done that, and if you've done it a lot and for a long time, and if you become very, very dull, that's not the end. You can become sharp and sensitive again. All you need to do is begin now to respond. Repent. Go before the Lord and repent. Ask Him to forgive you. And say, Lord, you deal with me again. I'll do it this time. And then when He deals with you, do it. He deals with you to give, you give. He deals with you to visit, you visit. You don't say, I'm too busy, i got too much stuff going on. What you're saying is, I'm too busy to listen to God. And that makes you dull. Obey. And as you do, He'll get more real to you. His, his leadings will get more clear and distinct to you. And get stronger until, I mean, His whisper will be crystal clear to you. 
You'll know exactly it's Him. You'll know what to do. Friend, there's nothing more precious than that. There's nothing more important than knowing, knowing the voice of God, being able to hear and obey. In Ephesians, are you there? Ephesians, and the fifth chapter. Verse 18, Ephesians 5:18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. We see several people in this, in these two chapters in Luke that were filled with the Spirit. Zacharias was filled with the Spirit, prophesied. Uh, Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit and praised and prophesied. Mary was filled with the Spirit and praised and prophesied. And were they happy or depressed? Oh, happy. Happy. So happy and so full, people act like drunk people sometimes. Happened on the day of Pentecost. Got the same Holy Ghost, right? They came a stumbling down out of the upper room and the folks said, they're drunk. And Peter said, no, they're not. He didn't say, no, they're not drunk. What did he say? They're not drunk like you think. (laughs) But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Hallelujah. The fulfillment of the Spirit coming upon and and filling and overflowing. But you must yield. Everybody say yield. 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 You can quench the Spirit. The, I, mean, I mean, the Spirit of God can be moving through the church. People with their hands up, praising God, loud voices, glorifying God, or dancing, or, or running. And you can have the same sense and move cone you, and you can choke it. You can go, mm, that's not me. Nope, I'm sorry. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not fanatical like them. <laughs> Friend, they ain't got nothing to do with us. You are not yielding to God. God can deal with you. Go go see somebody. Go go pay that off for them. And you can go, that's my money. I worked hard for that. You can quench that. You can choke that. But what you just did is fail to test. You're showing that you're not faithful to be entrusted with bigger things. No, when he deals with you to go, you go. When he deals with you to give... You give. When praise comes up in your heart, you open your mouth and you praise God. You wave your hands with everybody else. Amen. You jump. You sh- If it's shouting time, you shout. If it's running time, you run. Did you hear me? Just get ready now. Lord moves. We're going to shout loud in this place. If it's a time that we have a running service, I'll lead it. I'm telling you, we must yield to Him. We must respond to Him. Elsewise, you'll be dull and become duller when you quench and suppress His leadings and dealings. Look what He said. Don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. What's the next word? Filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Speaking. Speaking is a spiritual, speaking out of your heart, I should say, is a spiritual exercise that makes you more aware of the Holy Spirit. Exercise makes you aware of what is being exercised. If you don't think that's true, go do some calf raises this afternoon. You know what a calf raise is? Work the back of your, your your lower leg, your calf. You can you know you stand on something that's lower than your heels, and you go like like you know like this uh, step or something, and you go way down and go back up high and go way. Do do about a hundred of those, <laughs> and then tomorrow, or, or and our day after tomorrow, you will be more acutely aware of your calves. Than you have ever been. You'll know exactly. Where they attach at the top. And the bottom. And how thick they are. You'll feel every fiber of them. Whereas today you're walking around. Might even hardly know you got a calf. It's there. It's doing. Why? 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 Because you exercised it. Beyond what you normally do. Friend. This is how you get sensitive to your spirit. You exercise your spirit. 
And the more you exercise your spirit, your spirit becomes stronger. Thank God it doesn't get sore like your calf. It just becomes stronger. Amen. And the more you exercise and the more you exercise, the stronger and more aware you become. And the thing is, that's the part of your being the Holy Spirit leads you through is your own human spirit. Well, here is a, an example of spiritual exercise. Praising God is spiritual exercise when done from the heart in faith. Worshiping God, giving thanks to God is spiritual exercise when done from the heart. Now, notice how I keep adding that. You could just say stuff with your mouth and just be exercising your mouth and not your spirit. It has to be from your heart sincerely. It has to be in faith. To be working your spirit. When you speak faith confessions. And you do it from your heart. Then you're exercising your spirit. When you prophesy. And you do it from your heart. Out of your heart. That's the only way you can truly prophesy. You're exercising your spirit. And what did he say? Speaking to yourselves. In psalms. And hymns. And spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Singing and making melody where? Not in your head. Not in your emotions. In your heart. In your spirit. To the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see this? Big, big key to spiritual development. We're talking about how to be more spiritually aware. How to be more sensitive to His leadings. How to be successful in living a Spirit-led life. You must exercise your spirit. You do it in praise and worship. You do it in faith confession. You do it in prophecy. Now go back to Luke. And let's see an example of what's happening with them. What kind of people does God use? People who are aware of Him. And people who respond to Him and yield to Him. This came up in Elizabeth's heart. And she spoke it out. Prophesied. Praised God. And verse 46. Mary jumped in. She said, my soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. That came up in her heart, didn't it? And she's speaking it out, isn't she? Speaking it out. Well, the same thing happened just a couple of verses later. You know, when the child was born and they're asking about what to name him, Zacharias wrote down his name as John. His mouth was open, verse 64. His mouth was opened immediately, his tongue loosed, and he spoke and praised God. He did what? Praised God. Praised God. Everybody say, praised God. Praised God. God. Are you getting this now today? Don't don't, don't just sit around and go, I'd like to be more spirit-led. The Lord is telling you right, right now what to do. Here's one simple, simple thing to do. Praise God. Praise God a lot. Praise God out of your spirit with all of your heart. Why? You're exercising your spirit. When you do that and your spirit will become stronger, you'll become more aware of your own spirit and therefore more aware of the Holy Spirit's leadings within you. Everybody say praise God. Praise God. God. You don't need an invitation. You don't have to wait till you get to church. You round the corner in your kitchen and just look at your new refrigerator and go, oh, praise God. (laughs) Glory be to God in the highest. He's so good to me. And he gave me this little dog. Thank you, Lord, for my dog. My dog is blessed. Oh, praise the Lord. So then I sound like one of those fanatics. Who said that was fanatical? That's normal. It's the other people who are messed up. The people who don't do it are off. (laughs) I'm serious. Your children ought to hear you praising God. Parents. Parents, your children ought to hear you on your bed in the nighttime praising God sometimes. Unashamed, uninhibited. Did you hear me? Praising God. Praise God in the car. Praise God in the front yard. Praise God. Amen. Praising God exercises your spirit. Helps you become more sensitive. Zacharias. The Bible said in verse 67, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied. Verse 68, he said, blessed be the God, the Lord God of Israel. He's visited and redeemed his people, raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now get this. They're yielding. Can you see this? 
This came up in them. They spoke it out. Think about how the Lord protected the Savior. Mary conceives. Supposed to be married to Joseph. They're not even married yet. He finds out she's pregnant. Well, just in the natural, that's not good. Right? And he's already decided the marriage is off. He's already decided it. And he's just thinking about how, what's the best way to help her save face. Because he obviously cares about her. If he didn't care about her, he'd have done it a different way. But the angel of the Lord comes to him in the nighttime. Tells him she has conceived supernaturally. And for him to go ahead and take her as wife. What if he hadn't done that? What if he'd have woke up and said, what is that? Who ever heard of such? You expect me to believe that? What if he hadn't responded? But he did. He got straight up and he went and went through with the, the marriage and did what he, what he, the Lord told him to do. Did it. The Lord dealt with him. Take your family. Get out of the country. Go to Egypt. People are seeking the child's life. What if he'd have said, my business is here. Our family, we just got married. We just got in this little place. I'm supposed to leave the country? But he did it. I said he did it. Got up the next morning and started packing. Can you see why God picked this man instead of somebody else? Can you see why? They're in Egypt for years. And the Lord deals with him. The people who've sought the child's life are dead. Go back to Israel. He said, we're going back to Israel. You see why God picked Abraham. Why did God pick Abraham? He said, pack your bags, leave your family. I'll tell you where you're going later. He did. Take your son, your only son, and take him up on the mountain, offer him to me. Very next morning, fresh and early, got up and packed the mule. Can you see why God picked him? Why God picked them instead of somebody else? Because of their heart. Love God. Trust God. Don't question him. Don't doubt him. Don't second guess him. He says, get up and go. You get up and go. Do you see this? Luke 1, verse 80. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. The child did what? He grew and he waxed strong. Another translation says he developed in spirit. Did you hear this? What was happening to him out there in the desert? He was developing. Physically? No. Mentally? No, no, it wasn't just mental. Developing in spirit. That's what we're talking about happening with us. Developing in spirit. In the second chapter, the, the angel came. And in verse, uh, verse 8, there were the shepherds, you remember, that were in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host doing what? Doing what? What are they doing in heaven? What do the angels do? What do they do at Faith Life Church in Branson? Praise God. Pray loud voice. Praise God. Praise God. Bless the Lord. Somebody said, well, I just don't like that, Brother Keith. Well, you need to change. You need to change. I guarantee you, if you plan on going to heaven, when you get to heaven, you're not going to be able to stand on the street corner with your hands folded. And watch other people praise God. That ain't going to cut it. You're not going to come into the throne room of the Almighty and sit there and go, Well, I I feel it deep inside. (laughs) When all the angels and all the saints stand up and glorify God in a loud voice, you will be right there in the middle of them. So you might as well start now. Get practiced up, get, get developed, get ready, so it won't be such a shock to your system when you get there. 
And uh, verse 15, when the angels were gone, the shepherds said to one another, let's now go to Bethlehem and see this thing. Well, now, what if they hadn't responded to that? What if they hadn't done that? They wouldn't have found the manger. They wouldn't have been in there. They wouldn't have seen those things. And the rest of this chapter goes on. You know, last, uh, well, not last Sunday, but Sunday before, we, we see how that Simeon, you remember? He was there in the temple and how he was led by the Spirit. Just read on down. Verse 25, the Holy Ghost was on him. And, and verse 27, he came by the Spirit into the temple. Just at the time when, when the, his parents had brought Jesus in to do for him after the custom of the law. Just when he was there, he walked in at the right place at the right time. How? Led by, how many believe he was aware of the Spirit? He was sensed, not, not just that morning, but the day before. And the day before and the week before. And the month before, right? That's how he lived. And in the same time, here comes sister at mother Anna. Right? Y'all looked at me funny. Verse 36. You know mother Anna? Was a prophetess, right? Of a great age. At that moment, she walks in, right place at the right time. And she began to give thanks and praised God. Verse 40. And the child, this is the child Jesus, grew. And did what? Now see, this will help you to understand that Jesus did not operate in the omniscience of God because he developed. Did you hear me? He developed. Are we supposed to develop and grow in spirit? He became, he waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Skip down to verse 52. Look at it again. Verse 52, chapter 2. And Jesus did what? You can't increase if you're omniscient. You, you see that? He increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He developed. How many believe you are developing? And you're going to develop. Your spirit is becoming stronger. Why? You're going to do things like praise God a lot. You're going to prophesy. Somebody said prophesy. Yes, I said prophesy. You must understand what prophecy is though. In fact, go to Revelation. You got time for one more verse, don't you? Go to the book of Revelation, please. The 19th chapter. Without taking time to teach on it this morning, perhaps you're aware in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, you know, in 13, 14, gifts of the Spirit and manifestations. It talks about tongues. It talks about prophecy. And it says, you may all prophesy. Remember that? How many remember that? You may all prophesy one by one. Right? That is foreign to many Christians' ears. They think, prophesy? No, I don't prophesy. I'm not a prophet. He didn't say you'd all be prophets. He said you would all prophesy. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. And just because you prophesy, that doesn't make you a prophet. Did you hear me? Simple prophecy, the Bible says, is speaking unto men to edification. Exhortation and comfort. It builds up. It encourages. It consoles and comforts. It's anointed. Amen? You know what many people have called prophecy that had some form of it in the church now and in days past? They called it testifying. I said they called it testifying. Have you ever been in a service? Testimony services. Anybody? You know, maybe you grew up. Where they had regular testimony services. And so and so would stand up and testify. And somebody would stand up and testify. And sometimes people would stand up and supposedly testify. And tell about all the problems they had last week. And it's not very edifying. But then somebody, sister so and so. Or brother so and so would stand up. And everybody always looked forward to hearing them testify. Because as they started testifying. It's something just went out over the whole place. You got blessed. And you made you want to shout. And sometimes the time they got through testifying. Everybody standing up praising God. Why? That was prophecy. Did you hear me? Somebody said, yeah, but they didn't predict anything. You don't have to predict anything to be prophesying. Are you in Revelation? Revelation, the 19th chapter and the 10th verse. He said, I fell at his feet to worship him, the angel. And he, the angel said to him, see that you do it not. I mean, understand we do not worship angels at all. 
ever. He said, I am your fellow servant and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Did you hear that phrase? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Technically, prophecy is inspired utterance in a known tongue. You're speaking in a language you know, but it's not coming out of your head. It's coming out of your heart. It's not planned. It's not something you've thought out ahead of time. It's spontaneous. Did you hear me? It's not tongues, but it's anointed utterance. And he said the testimony of Jesus. Well, let me read it just like it says. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's when people stand up and and begin. I know uh, I'm thinking of two different churches I was in as a child. And one of them, actually my grandmother. Everybody loved to hear her testify. She's in heaven now. Sister Lena Pearl Moore. Long, long hair. Never cut it. I think it was down below her backs of her knees. And always wear it up in a big bun. And always had a big hat. Oh, yeah. Ladies had hats in those days. You understand? And the men, too. And she would get up. And and she'd start out usually the same way. She'd say, I just want to thank the Lord for being so good to me. And I just pray that my daily walk would be my brightest testimony. And then she'd start to tell how good the Lord was to her. Nothing written down, nothing planned, but the further she'd go, the stronger it'd get. Hallelujah. What's she doing? She's testifying of Jesus. It's not coming out of her head. Where's it coming from? Out of her heart. Is she exercising her spirit? Yes, she is. And it's, and when you, when it happens like that, it's anointed. And it edifies the hearer. It encourages the hearer. It comforts and consoles the hearer like the Bible said prophecy would. In another church, a mother in that church, her name was Sister Luna K. Moore, also of the Moore clan. And uh, everybody loved to hear Sister Luna K. We had good southern double names, as you might imagine. Sister Luna K., she'd stand up. And she was, she was a tall woman and a big woman. And she said, I just want to thank the Lord today because he's been so good to me. I mean, just as she started, it it began to bless you. Why? This She's not reading this off a card. She didn't sit and plan this up in her head. It's coming right out of her heart. Inspiration. And the further she would go, the stronger it would get. And the anointing would come. And everybody, a lot of times people would stand up and go, oh, praise God. And just start shouting. What was that? That was prophecy. I said, that's pro- simple prophecy. No prediction, but prophecy. Amen. You can do that at home. Yeah. I said, you can do that at home. Amen. You can do that in your car. Yeah. You can do that. And as you do, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, you're exercising your spirit. I'm telling you, friend, that will immediately begin to make you sharper and more attuned and more aware to the Holy Spirit. How many believe this? It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to be flashy. How many believe this song is anointed? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Then what do you say? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Then what do you say next? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Then what do you say? It washes white as snow. Is that complicated? Is that very involved? No. You say the same little phrase three times. But is it anointed? Oh, it's anointed. You can just out of your heart, not off the top of your head, but out of your heart go, the Lord's good to me. The Lord is good to me. And, and see, like, like Elizabeth stood up and like Mary stood up and said, my spirit rejoices. My soul blesses the Lord. Amen. Prophesy in your house, in your car. Amen. Just begin speaking by faith. Hallelujah. I got one coming up in me right now. It's just simply this. The Lord has blessed this place. Hallelujah. 
But for me to get it out, I've got to do what? I've got to step out by faith. So I said, what, what is it? What's the next phrase? I don't know. Well, how would you know what to say? You have to step out by faith. Exercise your spirit. The Lord has blessed this place. The Lord has blessed this place. It was in his mind long ago. He had planned it before time passed. He knew your heart. He knew mine. He knew his plan would last. He knew that there'd be a drawing together and I'd see your face and you mine. He knew exactly the perfect place and he knew the perfect time. He had us in his holy hand and he cared and guarded us safe. He weaved us past the devil's snares and brought us to this place. In his heart and mind, such precious things he had laid up in store. And though we've seen such marvelous things, oh, there's so much more. The Lord has blessed, the Lord has blessed, the Lord has blessed this place. He smiled upon us, shone upon us the glory from his face. So we'll rejoice and we'll be glad for greater things we'll see. And we'll know throughout this Christmas time, the Lord has blessed me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can do that. I said, you can do that or better. Mr. Yeah, but you're a preacher, Brother Key. You're specially gifted. You have a, you have an, a, a psalmist anointing. You're making excuses for you not doing that. Amen. The scripture says, you may all prophesy. Yeah. Did it say it? Amen. Did it say it? Yeah. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Did he tell you, don't be drunk with wine? Wherein is excess, but be filled. Is that, a, is that a preacher verse? Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your, can you do that? Yes. yes, you can. You just have to not be afraid and step out. Now I've been doing this longer than you if you just started today. And the more you do it, the more you learn how to yield. A lot of that rhymed. I, I'm given to write music and stuff. So it doesn't have to rhyme. Did you hear me? Doesn't have to have a certain meter or rhythm. The important thing is you just speak out of your heart. And as you do it in faith, you are exercising your spirit. It pleases. I'm telling you, it's music to God's ears for his praise to come right out of your mouth from your heart directly to him. It blesses him. It pleases him. And it has a wonderful effect of tuning you and making you sensitive and making you sharp. And the more you exercise yourself in spiritual matters, you become strong spiritually. And when he deals with you, you know it's him. Amen. And the more you do it and the more you yield, sharper you become. And you miss it less and less. And at the right place at the right time again and again and again and again. And know what to say again and again and again. Because you are aware and you walk with him. You live. The Spirit-led life. Hallelujah. Glory. Stand up on your feet and praise the Lord this morning. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.